Are you a dental professional feeling overwhelmed by the demands of your workload and stress in the workplace? Are you feeling stuck, burned out, and undervalued? Have communication barriers and team conflicts weighed down your practice? Have you been searching for something that can help alleviate your burnout and unlock your true potential? Well, we know how you feel because we felt this way once too. As long-time dentists and professional life coaches, we're here to tell you to look no further. Refresh is here to give you access to key resources, tools, and the support you need to restore, renew, and revitalize yourself so that you can experience true well-being, both in your professional life and in your personal life. That's right. So join us on an incredible journey full of growth and fulfillment like no other. Welcome to Refresh. We're happy you're here. Welcome to Talk It Out, the podcast that brings you intriguing conversations with fascinating people and insightful discussions on topics that matter to you. You've come to the right place if you're a dental professional seeking knowledge, inspiration, and connection. That's right. Today's guest is Sean Zayas. Are you looking for inspiration on how to innovate in dentistry? Well, we can't wait for you to meet Sean, the dental innovator taking the industry by storm. With 20 years of experience in the dental supply business and three businesses to his name, Sean is passionate about creating positive change and pioneering a revolution in dentistry. In this episode, you're going to hear Sean's inspiring story of success and learn why he believes innovation is the key to disrupting the status quo and promoting change. Plus, you're going to get an exclusive look into his adventurous lifestyle as a father of five children and find out how he helps develop the unique strengths of those around him. So grab your headphones, get comfortable, and prepare to be captivated by an engaging conversation with with Sean Zayas. We're excited to gain valuable insights from this exceptional entrepreneur and inspiring look at his life as a dental innovator. It's time to talk it out with the Mint Door because knowledge is power and we believe you deserve both. So let's dive in. It is so fantastic to have Sean Zayas here with us today. Yes, I can't believe we are finally getting to meet and welcome you to the Mint Door podcast. Thanks so much for coming in today. Yeah, I don't know what happened the first time, but I was excited. I want to hang out with you amazing, amazing ladies. So uh, thank you so much for having me. You bet. Yeah. We're going to jump straight in with a question because we're just excited to get going. And maybe tell us a little bit about when it comes to creating remarkable patient experiences. Could you share an example and would love an inspiring example of where your approach has made a lasting impact on someone's journey and their, with their dental care? Yeah. So, I mean, the whole way this started is I was the electric toothbrush guy that was telling people to stop selling electric toothbrushes. And people are like, well, that, that doesn't make any sense. And my program was elective, which means um, someone would come to the practice and they could choose whether they wanted to buy the brush or not. And yet at the same time, I was going to trade shows. And if I was going to a trade show and I knew that Dr. Laura and Dr. Karen were going to be there, amazing people in the industry. What I would do is I would uh, prepare ahead of time with my brush and I would find you at the event and I track you down and I go, hey, here you go. I have a gift for you. And most people would do this. They'd roll their eyes at me and they go, do we really need another toothbrush? And I'm like, no, but just if you're going to receive a gift, you just need to open it in front of me. And they'd always look at me a little suspect, like what's he up to? So they would slowly unbox, lift the lid. And right then and there, they'd see this custom insert that was speaking directly to them. And then they would remove that insert and they would see their name laser engraved on the brush. And I had, um, so, so this is, I know this is kind of a different, it's not a patient story. I, I do have one of those after, but, uh, it was Dr. Catrice Austin. Uh, she's like the, like a celebrity dentist and I gifted her one. And the funny thing about that, she has her own electric toothbrush company. Like she has her own electric toothbrush that she offers, which I didn't know. And she started tearing up. And she's like, Sean, no one's ever given me something with my name on it. 
And I was like, I am giving people these experiences where they are surprised, they're shocked at the level of personalization that comes across like care. And yet that wasn't the experience I was letting dentists have because it was just a brush that, that a patient could purchase. So that's when all of a sudden I shifted and I was like, no, 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 you need to double down on your best patients and gift it to them. So when they receive this at home, they get to have that same experience. So a dentist friend of mine was just telling me, okay, Sean, I, I gifted one to a patient of mine uh, about a year ago. And I was so bummed because this patient hadn't accepted treatment. So I gifted it to her. And then later in, you know, a few months later, she comes in and I present treatment and she's like, you know what, let's just push it down the road. So she's like, I was so bummed that this patient still isn't receiving treatment, even though I gifted this brush. She's like, but over the last year, I've received 10 referrals from this patient. Hmm. So it's like, you don't know which patient is going to be the one that's like, oh my gosh, I just love my dentist. You know, you create this remarkable patient experience and they just love you that much more. I always say like, don't try to convert an indifferent patient and try to get them to care about you. Take a patient that already likes you and light a bigger fire underneath them. That's so cool. As you told that story of going prepared with toothbrushes with dentist names on, I almost felt myself like getting into this door like, oh my gosh, wow. I would love to be that person that would receive that gift, the surprise, the experience of doing it. So how do you make sure, because that was definitely the wow factor when somebody opened that box, but how do you infuse wow factors into the interactions that you have? Well, so here's the thing. Um, I, I love dentists elevating what they're doing in, in the chair. And I know that's their domain, right? Like I'm hoping that practices spend all their time trying to figure out 360 degree view when a patient comes in, um, everything from the music to uh, how we greet them, the, the, the concierge way in which we approach them and their care. I hope that's all fine tuned because um, the reality is that's like 0.02% of the time of the patient's life is in the chair. So the other 99.98% of the time is in what I refer to as the world beyond the chair. So my whole thing is, hey, look, if you've already um, created this amazing experience by giving them the best, you know, by, by caring about them, by being human, like human to human, you're actually connecting with them. You're seeing them as a person. Well, then what I get to do is be that little bow tie. And, mm. and so when, when I put that, the name of your practice, when I put your, your logo on the brush and they start seeing it now for the next three to five years on their, on their uh, counter, that, that practice either means something or it doesn't based off of the care that you are giving. So it's a symbol of your care. And my hope is that it's something that when they think about the practice, they don't just think about, um, like they actually see the faces of people at the practice that care about them, right? Because I always say like, hey, a patient has these mailbox moments and everybody has them. I have them and I love them because I'm a marketer, right? So I go to the mailbox and I get this new patient special inevitably from someone in the neighborhood, some dental practice in the community. And I know in that moment, every patient has an option. Uh, only, only like two options. Either the practice they go to is viewed as a commodity which means, you know, according to the rules of like economics, like lowest price wins, which means a new patient special can instantly break loyalty because they don't really feel like they belong. But if when they're seeing this new patient special, they see the faces of those people at the practice they go to that care about them, it doesn't matter how low this new patient special is. So my whole like encouragement to practices is in the midst of your processes, in the midst of your systems, in the midst of the care that you're giving, just make sure you're connecting with the, the humanity of that patient. Like just see them, acknowledge them. Because patients don't come back when there's that sense of indifference, when they just don't feel like they belong, when they, they kind of just like, eh, I didn't feel cared for. I didn't feel special. So my, my number one encouragement to someone in the practice is see them, connect with them, engage with them, and make them, make them feel seen. Mm -hmm.
I love how you really pioneer this positive change. And, you know, in doing so, you really, you really push against the status quo. I'm wondering if there was a pivotal moment in your life where something awoke you to wanting to be this innovator and, and creator of positive change. Wow. That's a really, um, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think based off the way that my parents raised me, it was very clear. You're like, you're special. Like I had an amazing brother and sister. I, I tell everybody this, I, they, they're still alive. Sorry. So I still have an amazing brother and sister. They're twins. <laughs> uh, they're twins. They're 13 months older than me. And they were like the best at everything. You know, like my brother was prom King. Um, both of them were models, just amazing people. And, and my parents still instilled within me that I was special and there's room for, for me. So I ended up loving other people's strengths. And I come to work with my dad because he has a, um, like a dental supply company. This is back when I'm 14 years old. And his main thing was just manual toothbrushes. So when I started working for the company after I graduated college, um, I was like, dad, like what, what's the whole, like, how do I learn how to be a better salesperson? Cause he wanted me to be a salesperson. And he's like, well, Sean, you really need to believe in your product. And it took me probably five or 10 years to understand that the reason why I struggled so much in those early days is because I didn't believe that a conversation with a dentist was worth having to save 10, 15 cents on a toothbrush. So we end up making this amazing electric toothbrush, this amazing sonic brush. And still, I don't care about having a conversation with a practice about the features and the benefits. Oh, oh by the way, uh, longest battery on the market, um, five brushing modes, 48,000 vibrations per second. Did you know? Like, like I don't, I don't care. Um, is it an amazing electric toothbrush? Yes, check. But what if it could be more than a brush? So that whole, what if it could be more than a brush can I elevate the conversation? Um, I think a lot of that was just seeing that my dad was a visionary. He was an entrepreneur. He saw me playing a video game when I was a kid, um, a car racing game. And he's like, Sean, is, is that a real car? And I'm like, well, like, what do you mean by that? Like I'm playing a video game. <laughs> and he's like, no, no. Is that, is that an actual model of a, of a car? And I was like, yeah, it's an Opel Speedster. Him watching me play that game led him to contact Opel in Germany at the time and see if he could get distributorship rights to that vehicle in the U S because he thought there was a market for it. Hmm. Now, um, to not ruin the punchline, uh, Opal isn't here, so it didn't work. But the fact that he would think like that, I saw my dad and I saw that he wasn't afraid to try new things and to pioneer. And I was kind of, I want to say, patiently biding my time working for him, thinking like, at some point, I want to put my hands on what we're doing and turn it into something other than just a product company. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I don't get super excited about products. Certain products inspire me, but I knew my dental friends, Laura, um, to answer your question even more specifically, if it wasn't for the people in dentistry, I was friends with a lot of dentists at the time and I knew they weren't staying awake wondering what electric toothbrush am I going to offer in my practice? <laughs> like that didn't really matter. But what mattered was, are my patients going to come back? Like, how do I give a better experience? How do I offer even greater care so that I can continue to build that practice of my dreams? So that's where really the, the pioneering positive disruption came from was me just realizing like, there's a way I can bring value into this marketplace so that my dental friends win in the areas that they care about. Mm -hmm. I, I don't even know if that answered your question. No, no, it did. It was a, uh, it was a fun insight into, you know, what makes you, you. And what I get from that too, is it's not the product. It's the, it's the relationship. And that at the end of the day, when you believe in your relationships, that's the belief. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. That that's profound. <laughs> That, and 
And you're right, you know, I mean, Karen probably can attest, we, we don't stay awake at night wondering how long the battery on the electric toothbrush we recommend lasts or, but we want to make sure that our patients know we care. So touche, great, great. I love how your dad was your inspiration and the, the journey you took to get to become the innovator that you are. Thank you. Yeah. What, what advice would you give somebody else who has that innovator glimpse or um, has that, that knowing that they might be an innovator, but haven't taken that leap yet? You know, um, it's incredibly personal to me because it's very difficult when you're not either mature in that um, identity or it hasn't necessarily manifested yet. So when, when there's seeds, but you don't see the fruit yet, how do you hang on? So yeah, my message to them would be um, your greatest strength is that place of of you being an original. You know, I think everyone wants to build something great and, and they want a practice that can last or they they want to find that fulfillment in who they are. And yet they end up still looking around and kind of trying to do what other people are doing that are crushing it. And it's so difficult to just look in the mirror and be like, who I am is is enough. And my greatest strengths are my places where I can show up and and not have to compete because no one else can be me. Like I'm an original. Um, so the first thing I would say is you need to just be at peace with like, you're, you're enough. You're more than enough. Um, and then at the same exact time, don't be an island. Like start, start connecting with people. Start seeing how you can serve. Um, and do not be afraid to just keep trying, testing, uh, iterating. But let it come from that place of who you are. You know, there's, there's these three buckets I always think of. Being, output, and outcome. And if you have your wires mixed in a few of those, like if your identity is placed in your your output, um, it's going to go up and down based off of how well you're doing. If your identity is based in your outcomes, oh my gosh, like, like you're, you're always going to feel insufficient because you're either going to think you're better than people if you reach the mountaintop, or you're going to feel like you're, you're less than you're always going to compare. But if your identity is placed in that being dimension of who I am is enough, my, my giftings, my strengths, my light, it, it, it is enough. Like that's where innovation starts, you owning you. Um, and if you haven't gone through that, that's a process of of reconciling the ways in which you're disappointed in yourself, um, forgiving even yourself for the ways in which you've let yourself down. Like if you don't have your own self-respect because you keep trying to show up, but at the end of the day, you look in the mirror and you're like, like, Sean, you're not doing the things you know you're supposed to do. You're not facing those fears that that keep haunting you because you're, you're waiting um, for the right time. You're waiting for everything to perfectly align. I would say the right time is now. The right time is now to step up and to step out and to own the unique light that only you can shine. Sorry, that was probably super abstract. You're probably looking for more of a, like a, a tactical answer, but that mine's not tactical. It's more about being. Mm -hmm. I think from listening to what you've just said, there is so much in what you're talking about of mindset and how you approach each day with the mindset that you've just described. Now, we know that you see life as a big grand adventure, really. You can just tell it's fun for Sean. Life is fun. How do you weave that adventurous, fun piece into your mindset every day as well? Wow, that's a, that's a challenging one. Um, you know, so me, I know I'm very visual. Um, so I've had like three or four different office spaces in, in the building that we have, that we own. Um, and my first one, again, whiteboards all over the place. And even in my studio now, that's why I have that blackboard in the back. Uh, I have this other wall in front of me that, that I can put stuff on. I need to see um, the big picture of where I'm going. I need to see the playground that I'm playing in. Um, I need to look at the fact that there are no guarantees. 
there's no certainty. Um, there's no reassurance I can actually get it from someone else to say, hey, Sean, uh, that initiative you're going to do, it's going to work. Like, I have no idea. There's a chance it's going to fall flat. You know, I'm just about to do a launch. By the time this goes live, the launch would have already happened. And there's a chance it's just not going to work. But I always look at it this way. And I think this has been almost like my, my plumb line. And this is probably the best answer, I guess, to this question. Um, I love the concept of regret, believe it or not. And I know I'm going to regret 10 years from now, not the things I did that didn't work. I'm going to regret the ways in which I didn't show up fully as myself, the ways in which I, I don't want to feel like, oh, what if I, I could have shined brighter? I could have touched more lives. Um, maybe I could have made a bigger difference if I didn't play it safe. No, no one's like, oh my God, I was too wild. Oh, I was too crazy. Yeah, like maybe in a foolish way in their youth, but not when it comes to, not when it comes to impact. No one's like, oh, I was too crazy trying to make a big impact. Mm -hmm. But when you look in the mirror, it's like, I, I played it safe. I stayed on the sideline. I, you know, I questioned whether I could, I don't know, like really accomplish those dreams that were in my heart. And that terrifies me. Uh, so I think that kind of helps me continue to live the adventure when I just keep thinking like, this is the future that I want. This is the impact that I want. Um, I always talk about Lord of the Rings and the adventure there is that like, let's say I'm a hobbit. If Gandalf, like I dream about Gandalf showing up and being like, hey, there's this ring and there's this crazy story and you need to save the world. But I'm pretty sure I would stay in the Shire. Like I I'm almost positive. <laughs> like the the most normal parts of me would just opt to be like, Gandalf, just just keep, you can go by yourself. Like you're, you're the wizard. You're the one that can handle this. I'm meant to just hang out with my friends at the, you know, the pub and, and just live a comfortable life. And there's a lot of me that wants to do that. But then there's still a part of me in my heart that wants to brave the unknown, that wants to brave the wilderness. And I don't want to know it's going to be okay. I'm actually fine knowing that it could be dangerous. Um, and that to me is adventure and fun. And that's what I'm going to call everyone to. I think the future of dentistry is going to be freaking amazing. I'm sorry to say that, but like, I, I know it's going to be amazing, but I still look to the left and the right of me and I see vacancies where people haven't stepped up. Like my light is already brighter because of meeting people like you. I get inspired by you guys. What you're doing is amazing. What you're doing with this podcast is amazing, but you could have just stayed on the sideline and been like, uh, are we ready? Are we ready to do the, the mint door? And you could have talked yourself out of it. And our listeners, there's some people that are still talking themselves out of things. And I'm like, don't do it. Your time is now. Step up. Dentistry needs you. I love, as you were talking, I'm going to take you back to the beginning when you said you love the concept of regret. And then you took it to the place that you were terrified of feeling regret. So your love of regret is a fear of feeling a certain way. And when we understand what our fears are, generally, we're fearful of not getting what we really, really want and desire. And it, you just did a beautiful job sewing that all up, <laughs> putting that all in, into context. So thank you for that. It was, if we can just clip that little bit, it was perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the regret being your motivator. Mm -hmm. You know, that I think a lot of people think of regret as a, a bad word that we don't mm -hmm. want to talk about. But if you look at it and flip it and say, hey, let it motivate me. Let it, let it make me take the adventure and step up. Wow. Yeah, because I think most of us look at it in terms of our past and they, they, we feel like, oh, I have to say that I, I messed up. I, you know, if I if I look at regret, then I have to say that I did something wrong. I, I wouldn't, don't use regret with your past. Use regret with your future. Like, I don't want to be in that place where I look back and I'm like, man, I'd love to tell my my kids a story about the way that I live, lived loud and I live bold and I live courageous. But instead I have to let them know that that I was, like, do you really want people describing your life as, oh, well, you know, Dr. Laura, she, she was really kind and really nice, but she played it safe. Who who wants that? That's like the, the descriptor over their life. Oh, that they, they just played it safe. Like nobody wants that. And yet we're all tempted to keep staying in line and keep 
doing cautious things simply because of this crazy abstract fear of what looking like embarrassing ourselves what what failure and what does that mean about us it doesn't mean anything it means that we we had the courage to actually just own who we are and if you have a dream it's on you you like do something about it like actually go for it and you have the permission to go for it and that's what i tell everybody you have permission to pioneer positive change mm -hmm. that's a great quote you have permission to pioneer positive change <laughs> awesome well, tell us a little bit about Zana's care program, Care Beyond the Chair, and tell us a little bit, you alluded a little bit to a, a launch that will probably have happened when this podcast goes live. So just, just fill us in a little bit, if, if you will. Um, okay. So it's like, now I have to talk about my stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I'm super thankful for what Zana gets to do, right? I get to partner with practices and really help extend their care. And all, all that means is someone comes to me and they say, you know, I don't, people don't have data on the new patients that they're trying to attract. Like you spend a lot of money, but you don't actually know which patients are going to come in if they're going to be a good fit. But you have a lot of data on your existing patients. You know which patients you actually don't really want talking about your practice to others. You know, they're, they're good people and, and you care about them, but they're not brand advocates. They're not potentially raving fans as patients, but you know which ones are. Um, you know which ones I've already given you referrals. So what practices do is they give me a list. You know, they pull a list of 50 or 100. And then they say, okay, over the next 18 months, let's just send, you know, three a month or five a month to this list. It's now on autopilot. Like, they don't even have to think about it. This isn't like a every single patient, every single month, I'm wanting the, the, the team to somehow think about who do I give to. Like, no one's got time for that. But to take 20 or 30 minutes and say, you know what, this is our top 5 or 10% of patients that we know love us. And we just want to show appreciation and generosity and so into them. Uh, to light a bigger fire underneath them. That's what Zana and Carry on the Chair allows practices to do. Um, my new thing, it's really, instead of it being like the, the Carry on the Chair box and, and brush, it's this new brush called the Beyond Brush. And um, it's just beautifully designed. I, I cannot go into how beautiful it is. So I know a lot of vendors that want to send them to their clients as, as gifts that are personalized. I know real estate agents that want to use it to send it to their clients after someone buys a house from them, because it's just that idea of that personalized gift. And then at the same exact time, that, that recognition, that branding that sits in the patient's bathroom for three to five years, it's this beautiful, um, almost like, um, it just all comes together. There's this book giftology and I didn't even know about this book. Someone told me about it like a few months ago and they're like, did you read this book? I was like, no. So I bought the book and it goes over like nine criteria for like the perfect gift. If you're giving it to try to, again, like get greater loyalty with, with clients and what I'm doing checks off eight of those boxes. And I was just like shocked that, yeah, like meaning is the product like best in class because you don't want to just give something that's like a lower tier. Is there, um, is, is it practical? Because there's some gifts that just aren't practical. It's like, oh, cool. I have this new tech thing, but I don't know what to do with it. It's incredibly practical. It's a toothbrush. Um, does it get some sense of like, is there a connection to the branding? Well, your branding sits on it. You know, is there continuity involved? Yeah, you get free replacement heads for life as long as that patient keeps coming back to the practice. So it was just, it was so cool for me to be like, I didn't realize that I'd made a program that checks all these boxes. And the only reason I made the program as great as it is, is because I kept thinking of the people in my life, my friends that are dentists. And I was like, how can I make them look like heroes to their patients? Because people don't get this gift and go, oh my God, Zana. The patients aren't like, Zana's amazing. Patients are like, man, I love my dentist. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always been my heart is, is like, you guys have such a difficult job. Like dentistry is incredibly challenging. If I can help you, um, just show appreciation and strengthen connection and engagement with your best patients. That that's what I'm here to do. I just want to reach through the screen and just hug you. 
Can I do that? Yes. <laughs> I mean, that that is just so beautifully said. And I, I love that you you have those points without even reading that book that and so we know it comes from your heart, the depths of your heart. And I think that anything that's heart-centered, innovative, and wants to create positive change for people is going to be wildly successful. Well, thank you. I mean, I just want to honor you guys. You guys are amazing. Um, I know Laura, when we met, it was just like, oh my gosh, like I, I love everything about the way your heart beats. And uh, Dr. Karen, we need to meet again because uh, we did not obviously spend enough time when we when we met two two years ago um, but i just love what you guys are doing oh well we appreciate that and right back at you um how if somebody wants to connect with you if someone wants to learn more what's the the best way um the website is myzona.com um they can email me sean s-h-a-w-n at uh, myzona.com you know or find me on one of the social channels like facebook um to connect Easy. We'll make sure all that is in the show notes. So thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, you gave us more than a little bit of encouragement today and uh, we adore you. So thanks so much for being here. And uh, I hope our listeners reach out and elevate and innovate themselves. So once again, thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you so much. It's been super awesome. All right. Thanks, listeners. We adore you and hope you enjoyed this episode of the Mint Door Podcast. We'll see you soon. Bye.